it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. The Democrats are saying it's Republicans who want to defund the police because they don't want this ginormous federal American families plan that has nothing to do with Americans or families because the Democrats want to sprinkle in some extra money for local police departments, which is really supposed to be paid for by local tax dollars. But the Democrats went around for the past two years. All cops are bastards. Defund the police. Even Michael Dukakis has come out and said this is killing the Democrat Party. But now they want to pretend they're on the side of law enforcement after encouraging savages to burn down cities. But let's use one of their more recent talking points. And it comes from the hard woke left, the promoters of critical race theory. And there's not enough people that can see through this stuff. It's kind of like Black Lives Matter. If you don't see what Black Lives Matter really is, if you really think Black Lives Matter has something to do with Black Lives Mattering, you have not read their website. You have not followed the words of the people that created the organization. You really think that Black Lives Matter has something to do with Black Lives Mattering, and it doesn't. As evidenced by the leaders of Black Lives Matter making millions of dollars. But capitalism is racism, right? Capitalism is racism because of slavery. Now, we have some people that would tell you with a straight face the United States was founded on slavery and that the Constitution was created to enshrine white supremacy. Slavery was a global condition long before the 13 colonies. And we don't teach about the African tribes that actually sold fellow Africans into slavery. But capitalism is racism. And the only cure for racism is socialism. The only cure, according to critical theory, which is now critical race theory, critical class theory has become critical race theory. The only cure for the sin of the founding of the United States is communism. And if you watched the last episode of Wilkow on Blaze TV, you saw, I'm sorry, in the critical race theatrics episode, a couple episodes back, we went over the International Socialist Review uh, piece on how Karl Marx was dissatisfied with the outcome of the Civil War. He thought freed Freed slaves would join a socialist revolution when in fact they became capitalists and Republicans. But capitalism is racism. And the only cure, the only redeeming cure is communism, or at least socialism. Headline, Associated Press, we have to do a deep dive here. This is very important stuff. I know it's the summer. I know it's the summer. I know you want to be on Yacht Rock Radio or Motown, or Deep Tracks or something, but we have to do this. Uprooted again, Venezuelan migrants cross U.S. border in droves. And of course, we always get the setup, the poster child, an individual named Marianela Rojas, 54 years old, who was intercepted by the Border Patrol crossing the Rio Grande. And it said it's a frequent scene across the U.S.-Mexico border. 
at a time of swelling migration, but these aren't farmers and low-wage workers from Mexico and Central America who make up the bulk of the crossing. They're bankers, doctors, and engineers from Venezuela, and they're arriving in record numbers as they flee turmoil in the country with the largest oil reserves and pandemic-induced pain across South America. Notice they don't talk about socialism. Last month, 7,484 Venezuelans were encountered by Border Patrol agents along the U.S.-Mexico border, more than all the 14 years for which records exist. Still, no mention of socialism. The surprise increase has drawn comparisons to the mid-century influx of Cubans fleeing Fidel Castro's communist rule. It's also a harbinger of a new type of migration that has caught the Biden administration off guard, pandemic refugees. No, no, it's not the pandemic. Many of the nearly 17,306 Venezuelans who've crossed the southern border illegally since January have been living for years in other South American countries as part of an exodus of nearly 6 million Venezuelans since President Nicolas Maduro took power in 2013. Well, who is Nicolas Maduro and how does he govern? Well, he's a socialist. And he was Hugo Chavez's vice president. Now, how did he become Hugo Chavez's vice president? Well, much to the shock of the elite left in this country, he was a bus driver who was a organizer in the one of the labor unions. And Chavez wanted to win over the labor unions, so he took Nicolas Maduro. But notice there's no mention here of what's really destroyed, what's really destroying Venezuela. It's not the pandemic, it's socialism. This has been a 20-year death sentence for Venezuela. Hugo Chavez was elected in 1998. And at first, at first, as he sold his 21st century socialism, by taking the oil industry's profits and redistributing them into so-called programs for the poor, house for all, education for all, healthcare for all, at first, the, the, the country was overflowing with cash, overflowing with resources. But as the political class took greater control of the oil industry, it produced less and less and less. There was less to distribute. So Chavez decided to nationalize farming, retail, the power grid, media, you name it. And that old Margaret Thatcher line about eventually you run out of other people's money came true. But nobody talked. If you actually listen to some of these left-wing pundits, they'd never blame socialism for the demise of Venezuela. Perhaps the, I, I don't know, either Colombia or Venezuela culturally is most allied with the United States. Or at least Venezuela was. Now, the best part of all of this is that Joseph Stiglitz, who last week wrote an op-ed for The Hill saying we have to follow the Biden plan. We went over this last week. He was one of the closest economic advisors to Bill Clinton. He became Hillary's closest economic advisor during the campaign and is now advising Biden. He praised Hugo Chavez. He went down there to lavish praise on Hugo Chavez. They were doing it right. We were doing it wrong. Well, if capitalism is racism, why are these people fleeing the splendors of utopian socialism? 
You tax the rich, you confiscate property, you redistribute wealth to the poor. This is what this this is what a net worth tax would do. This is this is this collapse of the oil industry. The Democrats have said they want to collapse the oil industry. Joe Biden killed pipelines on day one. Stiglitz, who thought Venezuela was doing it right and we're doing it wrong, is in the ear of Biden. Biden is doing the Venezuelan thing now. How long until we turn into Venezuela? But if capitalism is racism, why are all these Hispanics from a utopian socialist workers' paradise fleeing into the United States by droves? Again, the Associated Press says, this is doctors, lawyers, and engineers. They should be at the top of the food chain in Venezuela. Engineers, public servants, building bridges, roads, and tunnels. Doctors, treating the poor in a single-payer healthcare system. Public school teachers. The woman mentioned in the beginning this was a public school teacher. You find that out far down the article. But notice the media cannot tell you, oh, it's the pandemic, it's global warming. No, it's socialism. The pandemic did not collapse Venezuela. Venezuela collapsed long ago. Climate change didn't collapse. And if you're going to blame climate change, Venezuela's oil industry was bigger than ours at one point. Or at least on par. Whenever we talk about what's going on in Central America and we have AOC and it's climate change and... Hey, sweet britches. You know, Canada's got an oil industry. Mexico's got an oil industry. Venezuela's got an oil industry. Colombia's got an oil How is it only our oil industries to blame? We don't blame Brazil. We don't blame Colombia. We don't blame Venezuela. We don't blame Mexico. We don't blame the Chinese drilling in the Caribbean. Just the, only the United States is to blame. That's amazing. Somehow our oil is somehow more deadly uh, to, to Central America than everyone else's oil. Which one of these nations is functioning well? None of them. The answer is none of them. And yet the Democrats seem to want to import every single bad idea from these nations. Marxist-Leninist theory, critical class theory, now called critical race theory, where the only way to purify the soul of a nation is to undergo a socialist revolution to collapse the, 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 to collapse the uh, I guess, in-place order, to reimagine private property, right? Property is racist because people were once property. Well, that's wrong. People being property is wrong. Inanimate objects being property, not wrong. Land being property, not wrong. Automobiles being property, not wrong. Homes being property, not wrong. Businesses being property, not wrong. People being property, wrong. Houses, not wrong. People, wrong. Businesses, not wrong. But slavery was a global condition. And by the way, slavery is not capitalism. Capitalism is predicated on the voluntary exchange of goods, resources, and hours for wages. A slave cannot demand a wage. Therefore, that's not capitalism. Wine 695 Patriot 957 2874.
But the media is never going to tell you why these people are fleeing other than through the prism of a left-wing narrative. Venezuela did not collapse because of the United States. Venezuela did not collapse because of the pandemic. Venezuela didn't collapse because of, you'll even get people who say oil prices. Well, I hate to break it to you. Venezuela has vibrant coastlines and rich soil. They had a dynamic economy before Hugo Chavez. They were thriving. If you actually look at the history, in the 70s, Colombia, Colombia was the poor nation and Venezuela was thriving. Now it's the complete opposite. Colombia underwent substantial political, economic, and social, social change. They adopted a free market, dare I say, conservative view of economics, and they're thriving now in comparison to Venezuela, where a lot of the, a lot of the Venezuelan migrants fled to, showing once again that what has a domino effect, we're seeing it now with Central America, that Venezuela undergoes a socialist revolution, and now it becomes neighboring Colombia's problem to clean up because it's their neighbors, kind of like us, Mexico, down to Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador. Because I don't see Canada stepping up, but that's besides the point. But the failure of Venezuela was not the crash of oil prices. It was not climate change, and it was not the pandemic. It was socialism, period, end of story. Stop talking about it. Maybe you should start interviewing some of these doctors, lawyers, and engineers, educated people. Let's hear what they have to say. Why don't we put them on TV? Why don't we have them explain it? Well, they'll never explain it. Why won't they explain it? Because you know exactly what they're going to say. Chavez, Chavez Maduro, socialism. Some of you used to think it's funny, and it was actually, I was joking around inaccurately, move into the favelas. They built these homes that look like, you know, and it's funny. A lot of American leftists like to do what's called adventure slumming. They, they look around at what they consider vibrant but poor cultures, and they think it's cute. Look at the way they paint these homes, these vibrant colors in the hills. Yeah, because they built, basically built them prisons. And the only thing they have to themselves is to give it an orange or yellow, or green exterior coating, which, yes, makes for nice, vibrant colors dotting the hillsides. But really, it's because they used prison plans. Wines at 695, Patriot 9572874. We are right. They are wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Sirius XM Patriot. XM Patriot.